everybody, and welcome to Twin Peaks Podcasting. I'm Colin Carden Hefner, editor and chief of Drunk Monkeys. I'm Chris Pruitt, uh, managing editor of Drunk Monkeys. I'm uh, Matt Guerrero, producer of this podcast, and not much else these days. You're the founder of Drunk Monkeys. That's true. Fine. <laughs> not much else. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we'll be talking today about season two, episode four of Twin Peaks, Laura's Secret Diary. Before we begin, I just want to say that you can follow along with our social media at um, TP Logcasting on Twitter, Drunk Monkeys on Drunk Monkeys Web on Twitter, DrunkMonkeys.us. We are going to be on a Drunk Monkeys hiatus um, at the end of the month. Right now, we are featuring our Sci-Fi edition, which is a special edition for our ninth year anniversary. It's a really good issue, so. Go ahead and take a look at that and we're also depending on when this airs on the on the streaming we are open for submissions the 30th of november and then we will be closed until january there is no december issue of drunk monkeys we're taking a break we will be back in january we will be open for submissions then we will be open for our pop culture issue then which is our favorite thing to do. um otherwise this is a spoiler light podcast so we talk about each episode um, scene by scene, but we keep it spoiler light in case there are people who have not watched the series of Quinn Geeks that want things spoiled for them. So you can follow along at your leisure. Uh, so yeah, I guess let's just get into it. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so, Laura's Secret Diary. Um. <laughs> so, I, uh, speaking about spoiler light, um, it's kind of funny because I feel like if you have the subtitles turned on at the beginning of this episode, you're just going to like straight up get some spoilers. Like, I, I don't know if you noticed that or not, but I didn't um, have the subtitles. On. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I don't want to talk there's about a huge spoiler. Up yeah. I, I don't, right. I don't want to yeah. talk about it too yeah. much here, but, uh, there's some like distorted voices. It starts with this weird shot of like the camera is pulling out of a perforated, like wall or ceiling tile in the police interrogation room where they're talking to Leland and you can hear some like distorted voices going on um, that is presumably coming out of Leland's head or memory because it kind of like zooms out of this like hole in the wall and into Leland um, sitting at the interrogation table and if you have the subtitles on you're going to get spoiled on some stuff or at least you're going to get some hints to something that right. is uh you know it's it's a pretty big uh <laughs> it's a pretty big I, spoil and it's not clear at all if you don't have the subtitles turned on <laughs> like what what yeah, you're hearing i mean so. there's, a, there's a distorted scream which is like oh this is what we're doing with the beginning yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like a yeah it's the perforated hole in like the ceiling but it's like a hairy tunnel yeah yeah it looks like, really like, bizarre when it's, it's really, happening it's like a very Fight Club, like sort of yeah. like, oh, you know, I'm going through like this is the inner yeah. of an outer thing or whatever, and uh, yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna say what you can hear because you can kind of hear stuff, but I didn't put the subtitles on. Of course, I know what's going on anyway. But, yeah, yeah, that's um, true. Um, it's it, it also kind of follows that like David Lynch obsession with filming the gross insides of something. In this case, it's just a wall, but it's like it. Boy, Ew. does it look! It looks gross. It looks bodily. It looks kind of like almost Cronenberg esque. Like for yeah. a second, it's like very strange. It's yeah. I don't know about that. It's just stop. You don't need to. <laughs> you need to take it down a notch. <laughs> you're you're at a ten, and we need you at about a two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we. So this scene is Leland and the in the sheriff's office being read his Miranda rights and, and actually refusing his Miranda, Miranda rights from Harry. And Harry's asking some hard cues about uh, if Leland killed 
Jacques Renault in the hospital, which we know he did because they showed him do it. So it's not really. They, they showed him do it. And also, uh, um, Jacoby told us in the last episode. So we're, uh, we're in pretty good shape on knowing that that's the case. Uh, Ray Wise is really fucking killing it this scene. He's really great. I yeah, mean, he's great yeah. through this whole show. Sure, he yeah, just, but... I mean, also, he's just generally good in basically everything he's in. But, yeah, like, true. he he's really kind of overperforming in this particular role. <laughs> <laughs> basically, they're grilling uh, Leland about the murder. We know Leland's the murderer. And unusually for this show, they take the rather forthright uh, narrative position. And he's just like, uh, yeah, I killed him. Uh my daughter uh, got murdered by that guy. And they're like, well, how do you know he murdered him? And he's like, well, you arrested him. And they're like, that's not, that isn't how, what? This isn't how anything works. That's <laughs> not how police work works. <laughs> Leland. Um, um, he does have a really good speech here, though, about, yeah. the, about grief and, and the feeling of absolute loss, which I think... I'm not going to recount the entire speech because I don't need to like just watch it. But yeah, I'm not going to be as good as Ray Wise is. Like, yeah. it's really, really, um, I think, really touching, in a way that's like, in a show that's kind of like goofy. It's just kind, of, you know, it's nice when they have these moments that are like, mm-hmm. yes, I have experienced that, and that is exactly what it's like. Like, yeah, it, it it's another one of those scenes that I think this show does well when it wants to, and it does not always want to, but in this moment it does. <laughs> Um, where I think it really kind of attempts to evoke the seriousness of the idea of murder in a way that a lot of police procedurals and dramas really don't. So they tend to, they're plot events. They get glossed over. They move the story forward. And in this, it's like none of these people are over this murder. Like, no matter what their position in it is, no matter how many weird things about this town and the people in it we keep unraveling, nobody is done being shook up about this girl getting murdered. And especially not her dad, as we see in the scene. And he's very... um, and like they make a point to address that where he's like hey, do you know what it's like to lose this and again not to recount the whole thing but coop says something along the lines of i doubt any one of us is a stranger to grief and he's like no you you don't get it like yeah, I, this is, yeah yeah th- yeah and they really take a moment here to focus your attention on it so much so that it might almost distract you from the fact that Hey, here's Doc Hayward just hanging out in a police murder interrogation right. again. What the hell? Why is this guy always here? He's somehow never on the clock and always on the clock at the scene. <laughs> it's just like he's never on the clock for his actual job. Yeah, like does he have <laughs> a title doctor. with the sheriff's office where he does something officially for them? I don't is understand. Is he an honorary it. bookhouse boy? Yeah. Like, like, it, like and then he gets called in to be the coroner. He gets called in to deliver babies. Like, what? What is this guy like? like quintuple board certified yes. in like several different <laughs> medical specialties. Yes. He's probably the town dentist too. He yeah, why not? With the veterinarians. Stuff. <laughs> probably <laughs> is. Uh, oh, yeah, gosh. And it's funny too, because that Doc Hayward scene, it goes by real quick, but he's basically like, can't you just let him go? And they're like, yeah, and, and Coop, yeah, yeah. Doc Hayward, as they leave the interrogation room and Leland is led to, excuse me, Leland is led to, uh, basically to go sit in a cell um we we have coop and hayward uh walking out of the interrogation room and hayward's like oh come on it's not that bad the guy murdered his daughter then he murdered the guy like it's all good here and coop's like like 
are you is that that's a real thing you're saying right now and then he's kind of like uh <laughs> he no, doesn't really have a response about it. <laughs> yeah um that scene immediately gets deflated by a wonderful occurrence where andy here stops the doc and asks about his sperms (laughs) my sperms test (laughs) yeah because uh, as we know lucy has fallen pregnant and she is under the impression it is not andy's child because he had taken a fertility test at one point uh i know actually he had tried to donate sperm i think yes and um and he had like a low sperm count like he was like almost he was essentially rejected yeah yeah so um he stops Doc Hayward and he's like, can I take that test again? Because I've been wearing boxers, like you said I should, and this and that. And Doc Hayward's like, yeah, fine. And like hands him a sample bottle. Doc Hayward's like, oh yeah, <laughs> let me reach into my bag here. And uh, I've got a semen sample container just on me at all times. <laughs> and he's like, can you fill this up? I'll wait in the car. Which yeah, yeah. A lot of pressure, I think, on poor Andy. Which raises additional, additional concerns about uh, Doc Hayward here because A, is he also a proctologist in addition to being a coroner OBGYN and all purpose <laughs> ER doctor and B, like if he could just hang out in the car while Andy like takes care of that <laughs> does he not have to be back at the hospital? <laughs> like... His poor wife just sitting oh, at home. Seriously, in her wheelchair. Waiting. In her wheelchair <laughs> just like alright I guess I'll cook like roast for you all again. Yeah. Um, this because my husband has to sit in a car in front of the station while <laughs> the most incompetent deputy jacks off. <laughs> he, but he's somehow the most incompetent and the most confident, which is yeah, yeah, the, a tr- lot for the Twin Peaks. Little Into bit of basically a photo canister. Like, this doesn't really look medically approved. No, it doesn't look like anything. <laughs> it's like a green little thing. Yeah, yeah. It's not really like one of those. It's like, I, I, I don't... This is not how this turns out, but I almost <laughs> wish that the whole bit is that Hayward is just fucking with him where he like <laughs> yeah sure whatever man just drives away like <laughs> <laughs> or he like is just goofing and he's like I didn't really want you to do this yeah like, I didn't oh god thing. why Andy um, but this leads to a very funny moment where Andy is obviously in a rush to do the deed and decides to grab Flash World which is arguably like part of the evidence yes. <laughs> yeah his, his solution to this is to grab a copy of Flesh World presumably out of the Laura Palmer evidence right. pile <laughs> and he runs into Lucy who's carrying like the world's biggest box of like individual coffees or something which makes and, sense to be fair yeah it makes That's, sense that, but yeah. it's so funny right. to see and she she picks up the Flesh World and she notices he's going into the bathroom and she's like aghast <laughs> I mean she doesn't know why he's doing it but she knows he's going in there to yeah. jerk off so company like, time hey. I mean you know <laughs> oh, so I mean poor, Louis, poor suffering Lucy in this episode I know she's having, having a rough a hard one time we'll, right, we'll, we'll go more down that road um, in a little bit yeah I don't remember exactly how the scene transitions something happens here where Cooper and uh um what's his name harry are out in the front lobby they're waiting for the judge that's right they're waiting for the judge and the prosecutor to show up or something so they're just kind of like shooting the shit yeah this is cop i wrote cop chat and they're like oh hawk called (laughs) coffee (laughs) talk talk. and and uh they're like hawk called and he said like we have to wait for this guy and and the prosecutor and the, the judge but hawk called and said he looked into like the 
the owners of like the house that Leland, you know, near where Leland would vacation for the summer and they didn't really find anything. They found out who owns it now and we're going to follow up on that. Like it's basically like kind of hearkening back to that whole like Leland neighbor as a child being like right. Robert Robertson or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. And and like following that being kind of a revelation before, now it's kind of casting some additional doubt back on that where it's like, well, yeah. maybe there really wasn't this guy there and maybe this isn't. Yeah, they're like Hawk's looking into it. We got nothing else for him to do around. Yeah, here. yeah. He's like so, our one competent employee, so we're gonna have him do the research component and then the rest of us are just gonna sit around like <laughs> This entire scene is kind of like whatever, but it's used as a catalyst to the next moment, which is doubly interesting because Andy once again is running with the sperm. Yeah, so and drops it. It's particularly conspicuous because it's one of these mysterious, faceless other deputies that we never interact with from a story perspective. So it's like some guy just like walks into the office, his head buried in paperwork, and Andy is running with his semen sample and <laughs> he like bumps into the guy and it like rolls comically into like the far corner of the room that uh truman and coop are hanging out in and so andy goes to like retrieve his sample and you know nobody else knows what's going on with that but they just saw something roll under the chair but he's like bending over to go get it and cooper notices something while he's doing this and he's like he's like andy where'd you get that and Andy's like, sir, you don't want to know. It's not, it's a private matter where I got this. <laughs> but he's talking about his boots that he's wearing because they are the same boots that they found at Leo's house under the deck, I believe, right? Right. And the very distinctive brand, Circle Brand. <laughs> and, um, and Andy says, oh, I bought these boots from Phil Gerard, the one-armed man, when he was here, which, which you know, I was really proud of Philip because, remember, he had this whole setup, and we were like... We were like, what the hell? Like, uh, what happened right? to the shoes? And, but he made a sale during that. Sale. That was really proud of him. <laughs> he made a sale during his, exactly his fugue state or whatever was going on that we can't really <laughs> fully discuss yet, but... <laughs> I'm still not 100% sure, like, who cleaned up the, the display, or, like, did he before, I, like... I, I like, do like, not think we ever know real, the answers to that. I think, I think it was just straight up... Yeah, straight up, Shady nobody cares. Let's move beyond. Yeah, <laughs> but he did sell them, and so of course they're putting together. These are the same types of shoes that we found at Leo's, and so that's really important. So and and you uh, know, Coop is just stoked because this is like one of the guys that he basically wrongly accused because he saw a fragment about him in a dream somewhere. He's like, <laughs> hell yeah, there might yeah. still be something to this. <laughs> <laughs> No false arrest <laughs> charges against me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, um, we, we move on from here because they're just like, okay, interesting. To the Great Northern, mm. where now I did not catch this receptionist's name. I didn't but either. God bless her eagerness. She yeah. is like, she's like, I'm a receptionist at the Great Northern, but I'm going to do the best fucking job anyone has ever fucking seen in this place. And it's so cute she's like, very enthusiastic she appears so a couple cute. times in this episode yeah um, i love her my girlfriend was watching it with me and she's like is this the second person of color in the show it other is. than Hawk? yes and i said i, I said no no and i said no the third because there was oh, that right. other girl at the perfume counter who was in it for like 
literally oh, five minutes. Oh, and then Black Sister, <laughs> right? Black Sister, okay. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So four. Yeah, four. Uh, good job. So, That's yeah, good so for 1990, four. right? Yeah. I mean, because we're not counting Hawk or anything, right, in that. We're talking about... No, like, we're counting Hawk, but... The, yeah, the yeah, other, talking, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I love this girl. I, I miss what her no, character name is, so I don't know who the actress is, but... um, And if I did know, I'd probably... I, I don't think they even say her name. I they know at one point because someone safe. calls her and says, oh, they like, do. Oh, okay. like, but it went well, by so fast. Anyway, she is ever. great in this episode. <laughs> He's so good. Yeah. Um, so she's walking Louis Budway. With... Sorry to cut in. Louis Birdsong Budway. Uh, really? What was her yeah, character's name? What a great name. name. That yeah. is a good name. That, that's it. <laughs> <She just laughs> that's all we got. <laughs> no, what's her character's name, though? Louis Budway. Oh, oh who's the actress? Yeah, that, that's what. Yeah, I'm looking for the actress here. Um, hold on, sorry again. Uh, well, Belina Martin Logan. Belina. Oh, Martin okay. Logan. Well, she's that's fantastic. So good. So wherever good job, you Nailed are. Yeah. yeah. Excellent work. <laughs> Love you. Uh, she's walking with Ben, and she's really, really eager to let him know that she has a good tip that M.T. Went, the travel writer, is going oh, to be God. visiting Twin Peaks, staying at the lodge. She's gonna give a heads up to Norma because if he writes up a very good review of you know the the motel and, and this and that in the major Seattle newspaper that he works for, then that's gonna be good for business. And it's hard to tell who he is because he doesn't use ID because it's 1991 or whatever the hell, and you can just pay with cash and no one gives a shit who you are. So there's no way to really trace like his real identity. So they have to work on the assumption that every new person who comes in paying with cash might be him so they're on their toes about it and Ben this is kind of like Ben's a shit bag and he's a disgusting person but he like grabs her hand and pats he's like you're doing a great job and I'm like good for her yeah <laughs> she's she's moving on up man <laughs> of the month like he's actually like kind of like oh that's great thanks which is like a very brief moment of like like nice boss Ben <laughs> that like never happens. Well, Ben really. likes money being made for him. Yeah. <laughs> but she's he's also trying like, to. You can yeah. tell he's kind of like impressed with like how eager she is about it. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. She walks away like yeah, like fist bumping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really cute. Um, that's a really cute little moment. It goes by very quickly. It's cute. Um, but Ben walks into his office and Jean Renault is there. Just uh, one general note. Jean Renault is too good for his brief stay in this show as a character. Like, he really just, is. Just his whole vibe is so intense and distinct and just like it's the right balance of like creepy but also like I want to see what this guy does. Though. Yeah, <laughs> like, I want like a whole side show about his like shenanigans. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like there needs to be a spin-off. Yeah. <laughs> I do like that we mentioned last episode that he is Jacques' brother, but they have completely different like French Canadian. Different. Accents. Yeah, yeah. Different accents, different looks, different vibes. Like the whole deal is different between these two dudes. It's so funny. Uh, and he's basically there to be like, hey, remember I sold you insurance and like whatever, like I insured this, I've insured one-eyed jacks. Well, check out this. And it's a video of Audrey all drugged up and, and tied up. And he's like, yeah, so like some people, I don't yeah. know, have your daughter and like I'm the middleman basically. And it's really funny because he's like, well, I want to help you, right? And I was very much reminded <laughs> of the Always Sunny episode where Matt, is like siding with like Charlie and Frank, but also with like Dean and Dennis. And he's yeah. like, Oh, I'm playing both sides. And they're like, Well, you're not supposed to tell us that. He's like, No, this way I'm not wrong. Like, no matter what. <laughs> like, I was just like, Oh, he's playing both sides. Okay, I get it. 
Um, well, it's more he, like, yeah, the, the way John's doing it here is like, he seems like he's trying to double dip. He's trying to like pose yes. himself as a middleman, but he also is going to benefit from the ransom money. But he's like hoping yeah. to come out the other side of this. Like I solved the problem and now I have a piece of the pie at one eye jacks. So like I win twice, essentially. It seems to be his Yeah, play. basically. And he also definitely presents it to Ben as like, I'm here to help when right. like obviously he's not like he's yeah well he's I'm here to help but here also here's help. a daughter of your uh or here's a video of your daughter tied up and being forced right. to take drugs so I don't know like yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not he's great. trying to be thorough yeah. <laughs> like let me know the, the whole picture yeah um but basically he's like they want this man to bring the ransom money and it's it's the video footage of who right the casino and Ben's like that guy's like an FBI agent. <laughs> know, his reaction is so funny in that scene where he's like okay you need to have this man be the guy that brings the money he's like he's an FBI agent like what the fuck do you want me to do here what is wrong with you um so let's see okay yeah so that seems kind of like okay like well I want my daughter back. Yeah, it is interesting to see Ben's reaction because obviously his relationship with Audrey is incredibly strained and like antagonistic, but he also very much wants her back. And it's a little yeah. bit of like, does he actually care about her? I mean, to some degree, probably, but also there's this thing about he needs to look good all the time, right? right. He's yeah. successful. Yeah. He can't have scandal over him. That's why he kept trying to get rid of Leland during his grieving of the uh, Laura Palmer stuff and just he's always trying to resolve things and it's like maybe it's not out of the goodness of his heart maybe it is a little bit out of the goodness of his heart but it's it's complicated with Ben definitely functions on the same level that my mother functions on which is like I don't want anyone talking shit yeah shit about anything so like we need to like pretend things are great right <laughs> yeah 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 not. yeah very like, much yeah. scammy vibes but um but also I noticed in the scene that like when he's watching the video, there is a framed picture of her on his desk, which like mm. just for looks like, oh, I'm a family man or whatever. Mm. It's also that like he like despises her so much that like, I thought it was interesting that he had a framed picture of her because I don't frame pictures of people I can't see. And even if they are my family, <laughs> you're not gonna yeah, see yeah, yeah. My brother anywhere in this house. So um, so yeah, anyway, but he, so he's like, let's, let's, we'll work on this, I guess, in another scene. <laughs> yeah um so then we go over to the rr which is like my favorite uh and he got like dingus chatting, chatting up donna and donna's like <laughs> she's, she's like okay. profoundly not having it and not even in her sort of like faux tough donna Girl, persona yeah. thing like just straight up like ew yeah and he i kind of notices that too like all right yeah um I wrote here, uh, he's like handing off the Meals on Wheels stuff to her, and she sort of suggests while this is happening that she's going to go, I'm going to go eat dinner with somebody I met on the route. He's like, you're going to have like a date with a shut-in? And I wrote here in my notes, because I was watching, I didn't even do this intentionally, I just wrote, Hank, suck. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even get Hank through the sucks. phrase. <laughs> he he's sucked. the worst. Um, um, so... So Norma gets the call, presumably from the girl at the Great Northern. Mm. And she's like, oh, my God, like, this guy's going to come. This would be great for us, like this and that. Uh, so Hank's like, we're going to spiffy up the joint, which is like, well, don't, because, like, that's not who you are. Like, right. the dank, Mo. You got rid of the dank. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, he's also, like, 
it's also part of this larger act for him to portray himself as like a good faith actor in Norma's life. And like, I'm being helpful. Look, I'm doing, I'm going above and beyond to help make this work out well for you. And, uh, you know, like everything with Hank, it's performance, but we'll, we'll see how it goes for him. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, he's like, we're going to get some tablecloths. We're going to do this now. Let's make a, and she's like, well, I wanted to do some new specials. So I thought that was kind of cute. I love any scene with Norma. So I was like, yeah, she's great. Excellent. Let's have like a hundred more scenes. But what's funny is he's like, why don't you call Big Ed and ask him for a favor? And she's all like, I wasn't sleeping with Big Ed while you were gone. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, like, yeah, (laughs) no, definitely you weren't. But because you were, I think he's going to answer the phone when you call him. (laughs) Basically like call him and have him, if he runs into this guy, have him like, oh, you should get dinner at at the double R and like, you know, kind of like. (laughs) It's definitely also kind of a power move on Hank's part to be like, I know about this and I'm letting you know in a context that's me being helpful, but also I'm saying, I know about you and Ed. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) so also like, don't get it twisted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So she's just like, yeah, I guess I'll come. (laughs) Mm. And the scene ends. Yeah, not to let let the, uh, the diner scene go unremarked, they're serving rabbit chili. Yes, they are. I noticed that. <laughs> rabbit chili. And you know what? Yeah. I would eat that. Have you guys ever had rabbit? I've had rabbit. I would not I've eat had it. Not, chili, not in chili. But. No, I've never yeah. had it in chili. I will, uh, but um, when I graduated Antioch, actually, Fritz really? came to my graduate. He was the person who came to my graduation. We weren't dating at the time or anything. We were just uh. friends. And he took me to Bestia, the like swanky-ass restaurant. Because oh, I also yeah. graduated. I graduated yeah. on my birthday that year. So it was like that's a sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And he took me there and uh, I had a, I had strasopasi, which is strangled crease is what it means, but it's a type of pasta and yeah. it was flavored pasta. And the, the sauce on it was a rabbit sauce. So it's funny, <laughs> but <laughs> I think about that <laughs> meal literally every day <laughs> that goes but that was the first time i ever had rabbit and there's literally not a day that goes by that i do not think about that meal like that would be like my my like if you die and they're like your first memory is like what you your best meal ever. <laughs> it's so good so i was like i'd fuck with some rabbit chili like okay yeah okay yeah i guess you had rabbit cooked the right way then yeah. i think Camille and yeah. Chris did not yeah yeah no i wouldn't cook it at home. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely fuck it that up. Down right home now. white trash cooking. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can taste the gristle. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. But um but yeah, I did cuisine. Notice... <laughs> <laughs> I did notice the rabbit chili, which yeah. I was kind of impressed by. So uh but if but if that's a daily special and she's like, I can want to try some new specials, then what does she have up her sleeve? Because that's kind of like out of the I'm not from the northwest, so I yeah. don't know like how wanna know what's regional to Twin Peaks. <laughs> like <laughs> anyway. All right, so now we're gonna go to Harold and Donna. And this Chris and I touched on this a little bit before the episode started. Before we started recording, we were just chatting it up. Um and, and there's a lot kind of like happening in this admittedly kind of short scene. But uh, the first thing I notice is like, they're definitely boozing it up. And I'm like, she's 18 years old. Yeah. Harold's like, <laughs> Harold is just straight up like, it is appropriate for me to drink alcohol with the high school student who delivers my food to me because I'm some variety of agoraphobe. 
Like, but also, who <laughs> delivers my food to me because her best friend, who used to deliver to me, got murdered. Yeah. And I happen to have her. And I have her secret diary <laughs> on hand as we do this. The whole scenario is just. It is the creeps, man. <laughs> like yeah. it is just so It's bad. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> it is. Um, I and um, like uh, also they're eating together. Like, did she have an extra meal? Or is that somebody else's meal that she's like, oh fuck it. I'll 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 just eat one of these for my day. She's like Mrs. Tremont or whatever her name is. Like I forget if her name's Tremont on this. Yeah, I'll have your cream corn, one, man. That old lady with the cream corn doesn't need her meal. I'm just gonna eat it and tell her I brought it. Like what's she gonna do? Say I didn't? Her creepy tiny David Lynch son can figure out how to get her <laughs> some food. Can go get it, walk to the store and get him or something himself. But I think uh, what we do here is is explain what's happening in the scene and then talk about what we were talking about. Yeah, I agree. Because, um, so yeah, it. basically he's like, well, I have Laura's secret diary. It's right here, and it's like that's not weird. Why would you have that? Like, how did you get it? And he's like, let me read you a passage from it. And it's a passage about Donna, which to me seems very rude. I have your dead best friend's diary. Let's read from I'm it. I'm going to flip open to a scene where she kind of negs you for like right. a Donna page is, and a half. <laughs> Donna is cute, but she's fucking stupid. <laughs> Basically, is like the and, chat. And she, like a, and she could never get it on with big, strong men like I do. <laughs> like, what the hell is this? Donna is a stupid virgin. <laughs> like, he's basically like, yeah, yeah. but it's just like, it's like, I love Donna so much, but also here's me complaining, which is like, a, just a strange sort of thing to be reading this, this young girl that you're boozing up in your agoraphobe orchid house. <laughs> like, yeah. She's got and a lot of great reaction shots too. She does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Her face goes through a lot of, a lot of interesting reactions. Uh, it's some good Lara Flynn Boyle face acting in this scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, he like he's very so this will be key to what i'm gonna say probably <laughs> in response to this but he's Matt just sent a picture it's like very good <laughs> Laura, <laughs> Laura Boy excellent I'm, I'm looking forward to that um he he uh he clearly is like i'm reading something that is making this girl uncomfortable and i'm just gonna plow right on through <laughs> and he he very clearly knows what he's doing like with and is doing it like he could have stopped when she mentioned donna if this was some kind of accident it was not some kind of accident he keeps mm -hmm. reading uh her nagging her and saying all this awkward stuff about how donna's like a dumb virgin or whatever essentially um and like it feels very like i did this to sort of put you down and to sort of like get you on my level here as the meals on wheels recipient is what it feels like especially because like she kind of follows this up with like trying to turn it back to a generalized conversation she's like well if you have this diary uh, shouldn't uh, <laughs> shouldn't we give that to the people investigating her murder that hasn't really been resolved yet like should we not do that and he's like oh no 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 and then she's like okay so why not and he's like oh because i've read the whole thing and it's not going to solve her murder, <laughs> which that's not great. And also he's, he goes on to this bizarre thing of like, plus I'm like a person who like is a living novel. I like keep stories. It's kind of like my whole deal. So no, I'm not going to give up this 
I thought you kept orchids. Yeah. <laughs> what is your vibe? <laughs> orchids and uncomfortable furniture. But like, yeah. I thought was happening in this house, but no. Yeah. And, diaries. And I really don't want to miss this because he goes straight from saying that because she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, who, who else is giving you stories? Like, this isn't a thing. He's like, oh, I've got friends. And she's like, yeah, sure you do. And he's like, oh, yeah, and, like, lots of lovers, too, you know, by the way. Uh, maybe you sometime could uh, tell me your story. He, like, transitions straight from this thing of, like, yeah. he's boozing up this teen to go, like, by the way, I totally bone, and you should hang out with me more. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what the fuck is this? This is so creepy. It's pretty clear what it is. Yeah, yeah, you know? I mean, it is pretty clear <laughs> what it is. Yeah. But it's like, I, I don't know how to read this scene in any other way. Uh, than to see him as being high key, very manipulative. Of He's being manipulative. That he knows to be vulnerable, especially around this topic and this situation. Um, well, yeah. what's funny too is like it, it does like we were talking about how manipulative he is, which is funny because he has been presented mostly as like, oh, I couldn't hurt a, a frail victim guy. Yeah. I'm a frail man who can't even like open the door to get a letter. Like, yeah, yeah. And, mm. and he's like, oh, I tend these delicate, beautiful orchids that right. are definitely not going to die the minute you put them on a fucking grave in the middle <laughs> of like, <laughs> like winter in in Seattle or whatever the hell. But um, but it's, so to have him be like, I have this diary, and then to be like very, it's just so disconcerting. But I think it's also a very familiar feeling mm. for people, maybe even especially women, but not necessarily only women, who think they're getting into like the nice, sensitive guy. Like mm-hmm. he's just a monster. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Like he's not super monstrous, but he's not great either. And it's like, he's not great. It's also not clear to what degree he's self aware about it. And yeah, I, it's like. I, I'll I'll be watching this as we go. I don't recall there being a great deal of self-awareness on his part about this element. And if there is, we're not privy to it. Um, but so it's a little hard to judge his like motives beyond just wanting somebody to pay attention to him. And maybe that's really all this is we're supposed to read this as, but he's definitely like setting this up to like, Hey, I have this information you want, but I'm not going to let you have all of it or do what you want to with it. And Oh, by the way, uh, the, the deal here is you give me something I want in terms of validation or whatever. I mean, it's just like sort of classic, uh, yeah. like manipulative behavior, essentially. And it's funny too, because Chris and I both mentioned that we don't remember this. Like yeah. maybe it's because we've been close watching it this time. Like we're watching it for the purpose of talking about it on a right. podcast. But like mostly in my brain, the Harold stuff is kind of just like, he's there then he's not. And it's like, okay, yeah. like I don't, I don't recall a lot of, this subplot i I don't think it's for whatever reason yeah i don't i don't think it's a ton of spoiler to say that this guy who is stuck in his apartment forever is not going to be featured forever in this story um yeah (laughs) so with that being said um i don't remember looking back on his appearances in here as being particularly villainous or uh or manipulative but watching it this time i'm really feeling that yeah and again maybe that's just reading a little more into it or maybe it there's stuff that happens with harold later that maybe colors some of this a little bit in retrospect so i think we can talk about that a little more openly when we get to it yeah but um so we'll see i'm interested to see how that conversation goes when we get to it me too so uh it's just funny i think my brain's like no i'm gonna protect you but maybe like (laughs) first and yeah. your brain's like, I forget what that bad yeah, and, and like when he, <laughs> so you're like, give birth again. Yeah, and, it's, like, and, it's like, I'm going to make you forget so you'll rewatch 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Maybe so. So, uh, so yeah, this is this, and, and we're going to get a little bit back into that later in the episode. Um, okay. Uh, now we're going to go to, uh, oh, Ben has Cooper come to the, uh, well, yeah. I mean, he's staying at the lodge anyway, but like he comes to his office and he's like, oh, this is happening. And he straight up just shows him the video and he's yeah, like, he's okay, like, so she's captured and he, he makes it very clear that he's relying on the sort of bizarre, inappropriate relationship between Cooper and Audrey to like essentially guilt Cooper into doing this thing that he knows is not on the level. <laughs> he's like, yeah. look, I'm going to ask an FBI agent to deliver ransom money for me. And Cooper's just straight up like, why the fuck would you do that? That's like ridiculous. Like just, just act like a normal person. And he's like, no, I, I need you to do this and you need to do it because you don't want Audrey to die. And it's like, uh Oh, <laughs> like, I don't. God damn it. <laughs> I was going to take a nap. Yeah. You know how sleep is important to me. Yeah. Uh, it kind of goes by pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, but, but basically, yeah, yeah. We're going to get back into that. Uh, okay. Here's okay. Josie's back. Josie's back. She's in a very resplendent jacket. She's really treated herself while she's been gone. She she has this, <laughs> she comes in with this like armful of shopping bags and does the sort of like low key collapse onto the dining table. Oh, so they'll just go. Shopping <laughs> is so hard, right? <laughs> What's funny is I wrote Josie and Peter and I don't know why I wrote Peter in my notes. He doesn't go by Peter. No one calls him that. Peter. <laughs> Whatever. Um, and then it basically she's like, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, uh, dude, Catherine's like fucking dead. Yeah, well, she comes in. She goes like, oh, I'm so sorry. Seemingly referring specifically to the mill burning down, which she has gotten word of. And then he says, she's like, thank God Catherine was here to handle everything. And then he's like, Catherine's dead. And then she's like, oh, my God, I didn't know that. I'm so sorry. Um I mean, knowing what we know, even at this point about Josie, do we think she didn't know that for real? Or do we think that she was just pretending like I wouldn't have heard that at this well, point? Well, the shopping trip is suspicious. The shopping trip is so, obviously suspicious. I we feel also, like she probably knows. Yeah, and we also know that she was in some sort of cahoots and conversations in the very complicated Ben Horn, Leo fire etc thing so it's like still a little unclear whose side she's really playing here but talk about uh, double dipping yeah i know <laughs> meanwhile Jesus. she's buying all these these great outfits um, oh she we're gonna get back to a very yeah, hopefully we're gonna see one of those later but <laughs> <laughs> um okay so let's see yeah Catherine's dead she hugs him um, now we're gonna go to this scene is kind of like <laughs> Okay, so we're going to go to One Eye Jags, where yes. she is all drugged, and she's like, oh, I'm drugged up. And they and and the vacuum kink guy, whose name I forget. Yeah, the, the perfume well, counter dude. Yeah, 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 but he's like, you know, the guy who can only, like, get off if a vacuum is running or whatever. And has, like, ice cubes on his head or something strange <laughs> was, like, going on with that. So bizarre. Uh, he, like, brings her in to see Jean Renault, and, uh, and... You know, there's this whole like kind of like I don't even I don't even look. My son was in the room when this was happening, so I kind of like got distracted by by his shenanigans. Okay, so very funny, but I I know how this scene ends, but I don't remember what's actually happening. So so the action of the scene is he's dragging her in in front of 
Jean Renault. I don't think the context of why he's doing it in this particular moment is all that clear, except for there's this ongoing project of them keeping her doped up um, while she's in their captivity. And so he like drags her in. And so she's clearly out of it. We get like a first person camera shot. So she looks like very woozy and stuff. And Jean is going like, he's obviously back from visiting Ben. He's like, are they treating you well while they were, while they were gone or while I was gone. And she's like, this dude hit me. And he's like, Oh, what? No, I didn't. And John Renault just like, he fucking ices that guy <laughs> just yeah, right just on the spot. Him. That's the and thing, he, like the stuff before it, I yeah. was like kind of distracted, but then he just fucking shoots him. Yeah, I mean, I like, mean, the thing is like nothing really happens. It's like there's something strange about John Renault's like code of ethics here is that he's like, oh, no, 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 no. Like she's, she's our guest while she is a captive and being sedated against her will. <laughs> and you will treat her accordingly. You will treat her with respect, sir. <laughs> So Only he, the best heroine for this girl. Yeah, he straight up pulls out a silence. He straight up pulls out a silence pistol and just fucking murders this guy. And we see Audrey is doped up and not really knowing what's going on and crying. And John is being, you know, prototypically creepy and paternal towards her. And uh, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird scene. It's a weird scene. <laughs> and then he does this thing where like, like she's like, oh god, he got killed. Like, but she's all kind yeah. of. And then he like hugs her, and she starts like hardcore like weeping, sobbing, and yeah. it's really effective. And and yeah, yeah. God knows that I'm not a huge. I know people love Audrey. I don't particularly get it, but besides the whole like I'm a schoolgirl, like sexy thing, but like as a character, she annoys me to no end. But but this is when she's good, she's good. Just like Donna, I I agree here because I definitely felt her like actual like. I am in a horrible position and I am so scared. And now this horrible, scary man is like embracing me, even though. Yeah. Like literally seconds after he just shoots a dude to death. And it's like, I I think it is another, uh, another drop in the bucket of like this series, despite all that's like kind of strange about it emotionally and socially, um, always handling death as something that's serious like there's no like side characters who just get shot dead and then like everybody walks away or at least off the top of my head i don't recall that really ever being the case Um, the like this guy i mean we hate this guy he's like a creep he's fucking weird he's been like trafficking these girls from working at the perfume counter into uh um working one-eyed jacks is like essentially sex workers you know these are high school girls he's a horrible dude and he just gets iced and like we're but the show still wants us to feel like it is a scary and sad thing when people just get fucking murdered instead of like oh good weird vacuum king (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. like also there's there's another this is another scene where manipulation is the key because there is this sort of like stockholm syndrome like like oh like we're we're we've kidnapped you and we're doing terrible things to you but also like let me comfort you i just killed this guy daddy's here we're gonna take yeah. care and of it's you. very yeah. it's very horrifying yeah it's a, totally it's it's a good scene and it goes by very quickly but it, it leaves me with a weird sort of like ugh, bad feeling so like i just feel for her because she's probably just like this 
like like all these like weird like this is a relief that this guy is dead because he's bad but like this guy's even worse and he's the one who killed him and now he's hugging me like what's happening yeah it also really punctuates this thing with audrey where she's gotten so far in over her head in this like i'm gonna sneak in and solve the mystery you know it's like people are just getting shot people are getting like you she's have getting doped up yeah like <laughs> things are fucked up for audrey and she was not anywhere near capable of handling it the way she thought she was i'm not one to victim blame but if you had just stayed home and tried to bang the fbi agent probably <laughs> would have been okay <laughs> may so. have been some other unintended consequences from that but <laughs> but, but you wouldn't have a heroin addiction <laughs> at this point um okay so we leave this this dark scene to kind of some levity uh andy trying to talk to lucy uh and lucy basically shuts him down without letting him saying anything to her. She's just like, no, this conversation's not going to happen. And she has like a pair of scissors in her hands and looks like she's about to like stab him like, to fucking fuck death. <laughs> <laughs> I will murder your face off. I think this might be the scene, but it might be after, but there's like a shot of a Santa mug, like a vintage Santa mug. And I was like, I have that mug. Yeah, it's right. It's right before that <laughs> yeah, scene begins. Yeah. And I was um, just like, hey. <laughs> yeah. And so Coop kind of walks in on this showdown and being Coop, he's like, oh, well, I've got to do some detective shit. So he's like, Andy, you go stand outside. And then so he sort of asks Lucy to recount the issue. We don't get a ton here that we didn't already know with the good. Yeah. But with the caveat that we kind of get a little bit of Lucy's perspective on why Dick Tremaine of all people is like, basically (laughs) she was, had been with Andy for a long time, but he is precisely the sort of dumb bumpkin he seems to be. And she like wanted to hang out with a guy that wore a coat that was clean and like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And stuff like that. And like, now she kind of feels crappy about how that turned out, especially with the fact that she's pregnant, but like, you know, is nowhere closer to resolving it than she was before because the problems that were there are still there. Um, this is, it, I have to say, in this scene, superior acting by Lucy. Oh, yeah, she's really great in this scene, here as she is, often is. I mean, she's always fantastic, but yeah. in this scene, she is incredible. Like, she's like, so because she knows Andy's eavesdropping. He's in, like, the other room, but there's only a door between them. Right. Like, he's right. walking back and forth, so every right. time he enters the, the window of the room, <laughs> And Dick also washes his car. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, really and good. I wanted to go out with a guy who also had a really good job. <laughs> yeah. And he gets like real. It's just, it's very good in the sense of being like an angry woman who's kind of being a little bit. <laughs> of yeah. a, I mean, she's being kind of bitchy, but it, it's definitely warranted. But, but it comes from a real place. It. Yeah. It's so good. And actually, I will say that Aiden was watching it with me, and he was like, "That girl's really hot." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah." <laughs> She's like seventy now and still can get it. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. But, um, but it's a period. I I very much enjoyed the scene, and it's so funny because Coop's just like, "Look, can you just get it out? Like, what is bothering you? Just spill it, and you'll feel better." And then she, she leaves the scene, and he's like, "Well, that didn't work." <laughs> Yeah, I just kind of made it worse somehow. Yeah, like the, hurting myself. Yeah, there's this there's this really kind of funny exchange where like uh, Truman walks in on the very very end of it, and he's like 
just don't bother, man. Like, <laughs> we tried this shit before. It ain't. You're not. This Andy Lucy thing has been. It, it is. Been Racheling for like three and a half years now. <laughs> uh, um. So, but this this segues into yeah. Harry walks in. He's just like, I think I might have made that worse. And he's like, anyway. Yeah. And I hire a bookhouse boy. Yeah, bookhouse boy. <laughs> And in one of the most obvious setups for a hilarious payoff ever, uh, Harry is like, yeah. yeah, in fact, I'll get you the best bookhouse boy. Yeah. You're going to get. Like, I need, I need a, I need a bookhouse boy, but like, like, I don't want you to know anything about it. Like, this is some intense stuff that I don't want any sort of official capacity to enter the picture. This is like under the table detective. And, and Harry is like, absolutely no fucking problem it. no questions asked i'm gonna no, get you our best guy and he's gonna show guy. up at the roadhouse at 9 30. just you we'll wait see. So- yeah, he and you will rendezvous there and i will have nothing to do with it it'll be good so coop's a like, great okay yeah just but just once again uh coop and his like favors i wrote like can you do this favor for me that is just like not actually like on the up and up in terms of like legality well i, I also <laughs> just I want to know what his relationship with the home office is. And I mean, yes, I know that we know um, what's his name, who uh, David Lynch plays. Um, We know his relationship with him and as his superior officer or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Gordon. But like, it's also like they just give him like, okay, you're going to go to Twin Peaks to work on this. But also if any just like random bullshit mysteries crop up, like just add them to your case file. Right. Just like if hang out there time. forever. Like no, no rush on solving this murder. Just solve every fucking case that comes through the police department or that you get randomly told about by a passerby or whatever. We need you to solve this one girl's murder for some reason. Yeah, yeah. But also if somebody ends up kidnapped, if someone ends up running an illegal casino or house, like just can you yeah. just dip your toes into it and see what comes? Up? Yeah, like possibly one of the strangest speculative bits of storytelling in Twin Peaks is how David Lynch has imagined the FBI as being this like team of like kind of loosely associated fucking weirdos that like travels around the country <laughs> and like does semi-occult mystery solving on like a catch as and like not even like on a catch as catch can disorganized <laughs> basis it's like so fucking weird yeah it's real x-files energy yeah. it's like can you can you solve the mystery of like aliens and like the government but also uh if <laughs> also if there's a fluke man in the sewer Take care of that. Yeah, first. just handle that. Yeah, like, just, just take care of that while you're there. Real yeah. precursor to X Files. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, we're gonna go. Oh, so now we go back to the double R, which is, mm-hmm. and they are like underway with their renovations for for this guy, this WT MT West or whatever his name is, to come. So there's there's tablecloths and yeah, what, they move like the sloppy truck trucker away to eat in the kitchen because they don't want him to like, even though it's a diner. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it, a diner in a it, trucking it, town. Like, it has big, like when they throw a tablecloth over the tables at McDonald's during holidays. <laughs> energy, like it, yeah, it just, yeah. it looks like shit. It doesn't even look better. Like it actually, actually what looks kills more. Me, what kills me too is this: this dude, some dude shows up, right? And they, they no, it's gotta be him, right? They gotta, no other explanation. But what kills me, they're all on their best behavior, but he's like, can I, like, can I use the bathroom? And he's like, oh yeah, this way, I just had it painted. Now, 
this is like the same day. <laughs> that paint's not going to be dry. <laughs> like, yeah. this irks me. You well, well either that or he's just straight up lying about it to sound good. Like, oh, it's going to be <laughs> super nice because we just painted it. So, like, yeah. either there's wet paint or it looks like shit. And he's just like, if I tell him it doesn't look like shit, maybe <laughs> it'll be good. <laughs> Such an right. odd choice on Hank's part, which it, it's just Hank weird. Part. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, okay, see, I I was operating under the assumption that he really did paint it because yeah, yeah, and maybe he did. I don't know. And don't they've been that. redoing they've been redoing Fritz's small bathroom that's the size of a closet for like a month now. It's really obnoxious, and they painted it. It took like two days to dry. So I'm like, what? <laughs> but they just they have this um. This trucker eating and Norman's like, you can't be eating bad. Like it's it's kind of a very funny scene. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not sure if this is where Hank picks up that guy's wallet. We, we see Hank pick is? up the wallet here. Um yeah. I don't okay. remember exactly oh, actually, because we actually cut to a different scene within before the that. Diner. Okay. Um so what happens is like they get him sat down, they're very weird about it. They're fawning over him he's just like i just want to like go to the bathroom he like orders a cheeseburger and they're like that doesn't make any sense he's a food critic like just i don't know but do special cheeseburger it's like extra good cheeseburger it's like a food critic trick um anyway so we cut not away from the diner but to elsewhere in the diner to see the most awkward dinner meeting of all time happening between maddie and donna again and it's very like Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to meet me this evening. For- <laughs> it's your busy schedule of hanging out with your aunt and uncle for yeah. like the third month in yeah, a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love this scene because, first of all, Maddie's like, are you mad at me? And it's like, she's basically saying, like, are you mad because I kissed your boyfriend? And it's like, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, but like the it's way the both... I would be mad about. But the way both of them talk about it, and I don't know if this is... In a way, it's kind of a good thing about the scene because obviously, like, they would be catty like this in real life. But, like, it's just so weird that she's like, uh, by the way, because it's so weird that you would think there's something between me and James because there's definitely not anything between me and James. Even though, like, she literally walked in on them making out. And then, <laughs> like, and then Donna's response to it is to go, uh, no, I don't care if there, and, like, obviously there's nothing going on between you you two and even if there was it doesn't matter because uh james and i are in like a super open adult relationship and also i'm dating other people by the way uh but you you don't know that but i am dating other people <laughs> it's, like, it's a very the- very real i don't care that you kiss my boyfriend i have a secret boyfriend in canada but you don't know him yeah yeah, was- yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like she's like but I'm also like, yes, she would probably be mad at you. Like, what kind of a stupid fucking question is that? Like, right. I would be infuriated, yeah. even if I were trying to pretend not yeah, to. Yeah, so they're, they're, both, they're both handling this like, you know, like teenagers would handle it, I guess, <laughs> which is to say, dumb. <laughs> but, oh, God. Yeah, but what this turns into is Donna being like, hey, uh, so I found this random shut-in guy who has Laura's secret diary, and... Maddie like is like she kind of pulls a face like you're bullshitting me <laughs> like like what is what even is this thing you're talking about now she's like no I'm I'm serious like he really does have this thing and I'm gonna try to get it whether you want to be in on it or not um and she's like uh okay and Donna's like 
you tell James that, which is a very funny way for this exchange to end because it's like, oh yeah, there's no problems between me and James, but I'm just not even talking to him. So if you, if you could tell him for me, if you could tell my boyfriend that <laughs> I'm going to be doing this thing, that would be helpful. What kills me too about this scene is she's like, this guy has Laura's secret diet, right? Mm. Oh, okay. And she's like, well, we didn't get it. But then she says, if Laura had a secret diary and Harold has it, I'm going to get it. She did have a secret diary and he does have it. You are yeah. at because you were at his house. <laughs> so why are you framing it like this might not exist? Like, yeah, I can't tell. It. Being, I don't know if she's like trying to be coy or if she's just very dumb and like just flubbed a line. But I was that Or if it's really almost like hard. an editing mistake, like maybe yeah. that scene was supposed to be earlier or something. It really or, bothered I don't know. me. Yeah, that was weird. I, yeah. I kind of read it as being her just being coy and fucking with her because that's what she's doing through the whole scene. Yeah, but, yeah, I don't know. But I also don't know what the point of it weird. would be. So yeah, it's really strange. Hey, this guy might have something of your cousin's. It's like, okay, <laughs> like yeah. get it or don't. I don't, I'm not a cop. <laughs> Tell the cops. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't um, that the point in the first place? <laughs> so uh, during the exchange of this, we see uh, Dingus steal uh, this fat cowboy MF's wallet um who came in and who they assumed was the food critic um and he opens it to look at the guy's id and what's important about it is that it's the id of the prosecutor that they were expecting to come in to help deal with this leland situation so um we don't really know what the ramifications of that are going to be yet but the name is familiar to us because they've now mistaken the food critic guy for being the guy who's coming into town to prosecute the leland thing and Hank, we know, is a con. So it's it's not clear immediately from the scene if he knows who this guy is or what he's really looking at there. But obviously, he's going to be sus about this. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, plus, I kind of like the idea of him being like, oh, I wasted a nice painted bathroom on this guy. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. So, yeah. Um, I just think that's pretty funny. But yeah, so that's who that ends up being. And then we go to... Uh, do, 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 oh, here we come to Josie in her brand new fuck robe. She yeah. has a new fuck robe and she's ready to fuck. <laughs> and and I love yeah, it. She is, she's all she, about it. She has Worth done some treat yourself self-care, gone on this mega shopping spree where she came back with like a mink and came back with this amazing fuck outfit. <laughs> yeah. of like a, uh, it's like a teddy, but then like an amazing like black kind of shrug robe that's longer in the yeah. back. It's very good. It's real Make good. Make sure we will be tweeting out. It's doing her a lot of favors. And do you remember in the previous episode when Hank went on at length about like, no, nah, it's going to be real fun if I talk to Josie before any of the other cops like talk to her. I'm sorry, not Harry. Harry, Harry. Um, it's like, don't worry about it. It's going to go really well. I'm the best possible person to talk to Josie first. There's nothing suspicious going on. Everything's real good with that. So she immediately comes out and is like, let's get to it and he's like i don't know josie like you you like left and then this thing happened like happened to be right when you left with no explanation and now you're just like back and it's fine and she's like you're being mean to me and he's like oh no 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 no, 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 no it's totally fine uh, yeah, absolutely fine <laughs> and then like she's basically just like 
you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. And the way I'm going to prove it is we're going to bang. And he's like, on this very couch, yeah, yeah, in front and, of the open blind. Yeah. yeah <laughs> where my creepy brother is like staring, staring at, at me, window. right? I don't know if we quite know that that's her brother at this point. Yeah. Well, that will be her explanation later. Yeah. Yeah. But. Uh, and it will so always fun. be suspect, so that's not a spoiler. It's just like there's a guy standing right outside the window. He's just... watching them all. But I do love this, like, you're being mean to me energy because it's very mean energy. It's, <laughs> like... it's very funny. It's also very funny that Harry just instantly folds to it. Like, yeah. it, he, he doesn't put up even the slightest resistance when she pulls stop that routine asking, on him. Stop asking me mean questions. You're being so mean to me. If I have sex with you, will you stop? Yes. And then he's just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I bless her. I fucking love Josie. Yeah, Everything she's great. about her is fantastic. Yeah, her yeah. triple Excellent. dipping, her, her her faking her like jangled English so people think she's like not as smart as she yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, no, she's extreme excellent. Extreme shopping habits. Like I just love her. Yeah. Her. Good character. Excellent character. I, I excellent. I do like the way and I always kind of I feel like I, I go through this process with her every single time I watch the series is that when I start out, I'm always like, I'm kind of uncomfortable with the stereotypes she's playing. And I'm like, I feel like something's like not great about how this character is being portrayed. But as it becomes increasingly obvious that like, this is a ruse that she puts on right. to be able to manipulate like, like several levels of people throughout this town. She's in with law enforcement. She's in with the big business guy. She's in with like, uh, her fucking like uh you know her ex-husband's sister like in this battle of wills over this property and stuff it's like no nah, this josie is in charge of shit man <laughs> like she she wants people to think she's not but she's she in control contains multitudes <laughs> <laughs> absolutely uh, yeah this is actually so we move from that to that voyeur shot which is very creepy to me to um, this is what the Santa mug is, and and I just feel it's important to know because you both know how <laughs> important <laughs> things like Santa mugs are to me. Oh yeah, yeah. This is where the judge comes. Mm -hmm. His name is Clint, and I know that because that's my brother's name, <laughs> as we've established. <laughs> Not a fan, but um, <laughs> but he is played by Royal Dano, who is like a old Hollywood like um, staple. And he brings old Hollywood vibes oh, hardcore fantastic. to the. He has the best Western voice. Like he's literally like the embodiment of like a Western narrator. Like you know, in Tombstone at the yeah. end, the guys I I forget who it is. Um, I think it might be Rory Calhoun. The guy narrating is like Tom Mix wept. Like like <laughs> the last line of Tombstone, yeah. favorite of mine. And also like that's. Exactly what that guy sounds like you might know him from westerns i know him as jacob marley from the mr magoo christmas special oh yeah. <laughs> that's really funny i yeah. i had no no neurons that came together to bring yeah. that memory to life i knew who he was and i was did. like i know that i like stuff that he did so i'm going to have to like that like he was in like law high like all that kind of stuff but mr yeah. This Christmas Carol is a real, like, it speaks to me. And that is who, and he's done voice work. And I mean, obviously he's passed now. In fact, I think this might've been his, one of his last things that he did, but he's fantastic. He comes in and you're just like, I can listen to every word you said. Like, yeah. Tell me more about robbing Phoenix, Arizona, or like whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so he shows up. He shows up immediately kind of like, <laughs> 
minorly sexually harasses Lucy for like about <laughs> two to three minutes. But she's um, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, clearly, this here. is this is their banter. <laughs> um, then he like you know Harry and Coop kind of enter the picture and they're just chatting it up and stuff. Uh, my lawyer girlfriend sitting with me is like none of this is like this like first of all <laughs> talking about the, yeah, yeah she's like she's like like first of all if you talk about the case with the judge before the case happens like that's ex parte communication like that's literally like <laughs> illegal you can't do that he's like open up the whiskey for me it's like this is, <laughs> this is not how this works the judge doesn't travel you have to travel to the judge like this isn't how this goes your point <laughs> It's okay if it's in Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, well, that's just it. It's like there. it's like the FBI are also these like occult traveling mystery solving weirdos, so it's fine. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's not look too far into the, the legalities of the judicial yeah. system. In um, he's straight up like, let's fucking drink some whiskey. <laughs> yeah, I'm in love with him. Yeah, <laughs> bad first name aside. First of all, his real name is Royal Dano. That's an amazing That's name. fucked up, man. <laughs> How do you even wind up with that? <laughs> I love him. Yeah. What if he related to Paul Dano, like, somehow? I looked that up when I saw Did him you? in the credits, and he's, he's not. He's not. Which I, surprised me, yeah. That's disappointing. <laughs> I wish yeah. he were. <laughs> um, now, here, while that is kind of happening, uh, this is where Dick comes in, and he goes over to Lucy. He's like, oh, my God, I feel so bad about how I left things the other day when you told me you were pregnant. I, I have not slept. I have not eaten. I have not, <laughs> I have not eaten. With his terrible, affected accent that doesn't sound pork. like any actual accent that exists. I've done positively no piling since yeah. I've seen you last. <laughs> <laughs> um, so good. So she's like, oh, really? Like, that's nice. And he's like, I realize I have to, like, be responsible here. So here's $650 for an abo. Yeah, get that thing out. Like, uh, just... just yeah. Get it out. Like, <laughs> like, what is this all about? And he's like, you know, to like take care of the problem. Like, you know, he doesn't say that, yeah. way, but he's basically saying. No, like, he pretty much money. says take care of our problem. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he literally says it that way. He doesn't say it the way I just said it. He yeah, says yeah, yeah, it in yeah, a yeah. very affected yeah. uh, men's fashion way. Yeah, yeah, men's fashion. <laughs> yes, would. Um, uh, and she. Really great Lucy acting again here amazing. in this particular she's fantastic scene. She's in this so episode. good in this scene. And she's just like, <laughs> she's like, why don't you take this? money and put it back in your pocket and walk out the door and get in your car and never fucking talk to me ever fucking again i fucking hate you like she doesn't say all that but like she basically says exactly like yeah and then put this and money back and go away like i also love that she's like if you say one more word to me in this building I will, I will scream. scream. And then he decides to try a bitch, and he is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I love it. Uh, Devin, did you guys see Waiting? Like that terrible Long ago. Yeah. Movie, also circa 2005, Just Friends era. And then the woman who's like the, the waitress is like a real bitch. And the lady is like, you know, can I get an ice cream? And she's like, yeah, that does sound good. And she turns around and she's like, and the, the dishwasher's like, if you ever wanted to do like anger counseling, like I would help you. And she's like, you do that for me? Well, why don't you wash the fucking dishes and shut the fuck up? And it's like the same exact like beat for beat, like yeah. <laughs> like increasing energy. And I love yeah. it. Like I love her in this. She's like, I'm not aborting this baby. I don't even give a fuck who your dad is at this point. Like I'm on my own. I'll make it in the world of Twin Peaks as a single mom or someone else has. Um, so that's pretty good. Um, now, 
okay, so we go from that to they bring Leland in to see the judge. They bring Leland into, you know, their like regular meeting room, but the judge is there now. So I guess they've decided somehow it's official. Yeah. (laughs) And like, presumably, the judge has a bizarre cup in front of him. Presumably, this is the Irish whiskey he asked for earlier that he's just like straight up drinking out of during these proceedings. So Leland, he killed someone, huh? (laughs) He Uh, has this hilarious fucking (laughs) stream of dialogue here about (laughs) how they're all just souls playing out this morality play. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's actually a really good little speech. And he he does, he's like, I'm so sorry your daughter died. Like, that's horrible. But like, (laughs) in the the course of life, there are, (laughs) they give and they take. (laughs) <laughs> are still like etc cetera, etc cetera. and leland's like mm-hmm. yeah so basically and he's like what's like, again someday we will raise a glass again in valhalla which is like the valhalla. weirdest and worst way he could have ended that it's so good <laughs> he's like, and then he's like so the accommodations are good right yeah yourself for the next few days yeah because <laughs> like, he's like, like yeah well, they know he's like the accommodations are good, right? He's like, yeah, they're they're fine. He's like, okay, good because you know the prosecutor is waylaid for some reason, so like we can't set the bail right now. Which you know, again, not really how this works, but presumably the prosecutor is looking for his fucking wallet that got stolen by a con at, <laughs> at the he diner. Can't pay for his dinner at the diner. Yeah. doing dishes. <laughs> to, like, make up for it. Uh, but um. Yeah, and, and actually, I kind of like this scene because I, well, first of all, I just like this guy anyway, but I like how Leland is, like, gracious. He's like, everything's fine. I'm okay. Like, like, I killed this guy, and now I am here, right? Like, yeah. they're fine to me. They're nice to me. I know these people. Thank you for seeing me so late at night. We'll take, like, you know, and he's like, okay, we're going to, like, pick this up in the morning or whatever. And he's like, no, thank you so much. Thank you for your kind words about Laura. Like, I, I just like how gracious he is. Because, you know, most people get arrested for murder or not like that. So I assume, like, they wouldn't be like that. So, um, so, oh, and then, so they, like, bring Leland back. And then this, like, woman, like, they're like, Sid needs to come in. But Sid is a woman, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, like, the law clerk. But they were, he's, like, we're going to go to the... You know, we're gonna go get in the shagging wagon. We're gonna hook up the RV and we're gonna get down to work, right? And <laughs> Coop's like, is that his wife? And Harry goes, law clerk. <laughs> Coop goes, man, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, okay, like, that's a thing. Plus, she's like 20 and he's like 98. <laughs> so it's like, but, uh, so, but this I was shot that. before the Me Too movement was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just for our audience to be aware. Well, you know, there was the light, the light sexual harassment earlier, too. You yeah, just... need to believe that he goes through life and people are like, he's old. That's just the way he... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but I thought that the, the man oh man is just so good. Man oh man. There's a lot there's a lot packed into Kyle McLaughlin's delivery of that one <laughs> bit of dialogue. Um, uh, um, okay, well. The note I have for the next scene is fuck. <laughs> the note I have is oh no, oh no. Oh. Um, 
I don't really want to get into this now because we don't have enough information on this character anyway to really talk about it in the yeah. light of day. So I think let's <laughs> let's save the real discussion about this for another time. For the um, next time, I think, I think what's I think what's pertinent to draw out of it is there's somebody checking into the Great Northern who is obviously in some sort of extremely ludicrous disguise and <laughs> frankly kind of racist disguise it's and an it will get it's worse not frankly it's incredible well, well, yeah incredible. but what i'm saying is yeah. we're not seeing the worst of it yet so it's uh yeah. we're, we're gonna have to talk about that later but i think until we have the context of character and stuff that's going on uh we, we can just put it off yeah we'll just put <laughs> that blocks. one right on the back burner uh somebody <laughs> named mr tojimura is checking into the great northern and that young woman who has like out earned her minimum wage pay at the Great Northern is checking him in. <laughs> I will and, say, if you want to pull anything anything positive out of this very brief but problematic scene, it is that her acting again is so a plus. She is really good. Yeah, there to to please a guest because she thinks she's doing something that is is going to be very good and beneficial for her workplace, even though she's probably not very revered as like an employee. She's just like a front desk clerk or whatever, but. But this woman's acting is like so good. She's just—I have been that eager to please, like. Yeah, she's really great. Not a lot, but it has come up here and there in my it's life. It's happened. And it's just she's very good, and I really appreciate her for giving us something positive to talk about. And <laughs> again, very brief, but ultimately not great. We, we also—I don't want to gloss over the way we get introduced to Mr. Tojimura is that. Uh, Leland takes notice of this person standing in his lobby um, and makes a big point to kind of be like acknowledge his presence and is clearly like something's up with you but I don't know what and Leland? it makes I, I, no no not Ben Leland. Ben yeah. Ben Ben yeah Ben makes a point of acknowledging this person and is like uh you know clearly kind of hovers by him in a way that's sort of like something's going on here but I don't know what yet and that's yeah. gonna gain a lot of humor in retrospect <laughs> when we learn more about <laughs> this character and the things that will go on between this character and Ben in yes. the episodes yeah. to come. Yeah. But thankfully we can just move past it. This is the only part with this character and we're just going to <laughs> can't really talk about the problem until until we get the, to it. Until the reveal occurs. <laughs> so yeah, at least so, not at least not with the openness that we need to to address it appropriately. Yeah, so. we'll be we'll be bumbling through a lot of this until yeah. that reveal happens. Fortunately, most of the scenes with this person are pretty uh brief and it will go away at some point, but man, it's rough. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Uh we're gonna go to uh, Pete and Josie and Josie it's her cousin not her brother your cousin yeah that's yeah. right so sorry this is man brother. that's been lurking around the great northern for a couple of days now he was spying on Josie getting brailed on the couch just absolutely <laughs> going for it like um, just and and she's like this is my cousin and he's like very quiet and Pete's like cool great to meet you and whatever and he's like holding this like like taxidermy like meerkat and snake or something i don't know exactly what yeah it yeah it's a mongoose with a it's snake, a mongoose and a snake yeah. like locked yeah. in combat it's a really <laughs> quite the fucking ricky tiki tavi uh demonstration right? <laughs> uh, it's like jeff the talking mongoose i hate mongooses because of that stupid story but the talking mongoose <laughs> that, that like family who was like we have a talking mongoose at our house and like i don't know if you know about that but i i, I do not it. Well, I no. fucking hate it. I hate it. It's horrifying. So anyway, um, 
so but then Pete's like, well, good to meet you, dude, and like leaves. And then Josie's like, okay, so we're definitely like in fun cahoots, right? Like, yeah. like this is not what it seems. And he's like, he has like a British accent, which is kind of like funny. And he's yeah, like, yeah. And he's like kind of snobby too. So he's like, oh, I can't believe I'm in this. No, it makes a little sense. He says he, he says he's from. We're gonna go back to Hong Kong. So yeah. that that kind of establishes the background for that character a little, and also the fact that like he's like, he, what he says here is critical, which is that like your role in this is almost done. Which is to say that this whatever Josie has been doing and all these subplots she's been getting herself involved in here has to whatever degree been at the behest of somebody else's or some other organization's instruction this whole time. Um, and she also is straight up like, he's like, is this like police dude that you were just like banging the shit out of when I showed up earlier? going to be a problem. <laughs> and she's like, no, I don't fucking care about it. So yes. <laughs> it's like, you know oh, what? I, ha I <laughs> no. have to say, I'm really impressed with how Josie involved in this like quadruple dips or whatever. Yeah. I have like a box of Christmas ornaments over there and I look at it and I'm like, I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> and I like watch like TV for four hours instead. Like, yeah. I'm like, I can't even like, like concentrate on, on like taking some boxes out of the garage and hanging the stuff up and putting the boxes back. I'm like, nah, it's too much. And she's like, okay, well, I'm taking Harry, but also <laughs> yeah. I have four ledgers, but also. She, she's got a lot of shit going on and she's playing a it's, lot of people from it's like, a lot. you know, from as sort of unsuspecting bumpkin types as like right. Pete to up yeah, to the yeah. actual cops, up to actual criminal masterminds like Ben yeah. kind of is. He's kind of out of his league like, in that realm, but he's doing it. Like, it, like it's, I would have to have like a, like a, like, like like Harry equals boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, she's dealing. Know. She's dealing with Hank, who's a dipshit, but like he's a legit fucking murderer. So like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh Hank, yes, Hank, yeah, yeah. Uh, and like, he's also so, strangely psychic for some reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, the fucking Domino thing. And, <laughs> and a talented artist. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I'll never be over that. Yeah. Speaking speaking of Hank, this scene ends with uh with uh this dude who's her cousin going, did we get his name? I don't even remember if we get his name. Uh, oh no, and, no, I don't think we do. I don't think we do. If and we do, it's very quick. It's yeah, like this is my cousin Jonathan yeah, is what the name they give. Is what? Jonathan. 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 Okay. Yeah. Well he's Jonathan. Let's say he's Jonathan. Right. Uh Jonathan. <laughs> No, oh, that's it. Jonathan and Josie. Okay. Uh, so yeah, he's, sense. yeah. So he's like, he ends the scene by going, Oh, I'll deal with this Hank guy. And it's like, <laughs> Oh, thank God. A face turn from one of these like criminal people. Somebody needs to deal with this motherfucker. I'm so tired of this <laughs> thank shit. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm so laughs> uh, yeah. He's, yeah. I'm like, okay. I'm like, you're obviously a bad guy, but I'm rooting for you in this. <laughs> when Hank shot Leo, and you're like, okay, you suck, but thank you. Thank God, <laughs> somebody needed to shoot Leo. <laughs> um, okay, so now we're gonna go to Coop waiting for the bookhouse boy, the best bookhouse boy for the, yeah. uh, the best bookhouse <laughs> book of all time. And who is it? Who walks through those doors? But Harry himself. Yeah, he is the best <laughs> bookhouse. He was always the best. Yeah, and, and Coop. Coop pretends like he doesn't know what's up, but obviously he does. He's like, is your guy here? And Harry's like, yeah, he's here. 
And then he sits down next to him. And then they do like almost like a buddy cop, like, you son of a bitch. Like, well, like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you got me. Yeah. You got me again. Um, so he's like, I'm the person for yeah. this. Yeah. So I don't, I don't remember what precisely the timeline of how this goes down and the episode is about to end here, but it, it goes like, he goes, all right, so what do I need to know? He's like, Harry, let me buy you a beer. And it's like, yeah, let's, let's just, let's just pound a few before this ransom handoff. Like, let's just really get into the cups before the we timeline, start. Yeah. Well, I, even I don't, just like, like, can you go get my, my kidnapped and drugged up daughter? It's like, sure. And it's, and then this process of, okay, I need you to get a guy. I'll wait. Have the guy six meet me at the place. Yeah. Then, then I'll, I'll talk to the guy at the place and then we'll go do this other thing. Yeah. Like they yeah. are not in a rush to save yeah. Audrey. In fact, they're probably a little rusty that she's not around. So. Yeah. And, and, and again, I mean, like they kind of set this up earlier where Jean was like, oh, we're going to call you later with more details about the handoff. So maybe it's just we're trying to. We, we don't have the timeline on this yet, but it yeah. is kind of just typical of the show where they cram so much into an episode, it's hard to keep track of where all these plot lines are. Um, and we've already established that like time does, has no meaning in Twin Peaks. Like that Laura's yeah, funeral episode yeah. was like uh, over the span of 72 hours, but it was still the same day somehow. Yeah, yeah, like, it was yeah. incredibly <laughs> bizarre. Um, um, we end there's with, one more scene. With one of the more oh, oh, satisfying okay scenes in the yes in the show which is that uh jonathan shows up at the double r and just beats the shit out of hank he just beats the shit out of this guy like and hank is like, <laughs> He's just like hey. yeah yeah he like kind of pops up kind of spooky like it's very funny because he shows up in the totally lights out shut down for the day diner wearing his sunglasses like what the fuck i have a question <laughs> but then he just takes them off so it's like he doesn't want to be identified right but it's like he pulls them off anyway so what the fuck is the point of all that i have a question mm-hmm. is is their house connected to the diner yeah i don't know do we ever see norma's living situation i don't believe we do and if we do, it's never established if it's connected to the diner. But Harry goes to check on the diner, and he's in his pajamas. Yeah, he's in his so pajamas. He's like out of he's bed. shutting down the diner. Yeah, I don't know. So it's, it's weird. Like, Maybe I mean, he's so like, is he crashing like, in a back room or something? Well, that could be. Yeah, that like, is she like, okay, you can come back, but I don't want you at home? Like, sort of, like, yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. Like they, they alluded then, really, they alluded really vaguely to that at the beginning where he's like, I know we won't be sharing a bed as soon as I get out of prison or whatever. When he was like trying to be like, I'm trying to earn your so trust. Maybe he just stays so, there? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's not very clear. Like, I feel like anytime we're seeing. But Norma then it here, also made me. It also made me think, like, I don't think we ever see Norma's house. Like, no, I, don't I don't think we think ever so. see her in a home situation. Well, I, yeah, her. I was just going to say, anytime we see her doing, like, office work or whatever, she's just sitting at one of the booths in at the diner booth. itself. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, regardless, <laughs> Hank's in his pajamas. Oh. <laughs> he's shutting down the diner. <laughs> Jonathan shows <laughs> up, and he's like, he, and... Hank's like, all right, so we got a problem. And like, he kind of rushes at him with a punch, and he just like Jonathan just judo's him over the counter, and he's like, oh, okay, we want to fight for real, huh? And like, he kind of comes up and throws a few more punches, and dude just knocks his ass down again, and just just beats the shit out of Hank, and it ends in this really great way where Hank goes, I'll just uh, I'll just stay here on the ground for a minute if that's okay with you. <laughs> no, okay, <laughs> like bleeding out of his face and stuff. And so he uh, kind of, he recreates the Blood Brothers thing that 
like Hank really creepily did to Josie, which I guess is his way of communicating, hey, I'm here because of Josie. And he's like, let's make a Blood Brothers pact. And he doesn't even really like specify a demand. He's just sort of like, I'm going to kick your ass more again. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> what? <I'll be> back. <laughs> I mean, I, I, again, I, I think from the Blood Brothers thing, he's supposed to understand you leave Josie the fuck alone. Yeah, but like, yeah. uh, it's still a very odd way for the whole thing to end, but really it nice It ends to see. on such a positive note. <laughs> <laughs> it ends on such a positive note to have one of the villains just beating the shit out of Hank. It's good. I love it. I'm you fine love to it. see it. Um, yeah, and that's actually how that episode ends. So that's, that's and, and what's so funny, again, the episode's called Laura's Secret Diary when it should have been called, like, literally anything. Like, we have a... Right. <laughs> about about Laura's diary and then like another four second scene where it's like let's get Laura's diary and then it's right. like you know it should have been and like Leland and the judicial or something <laughs> like or like so any Hank, other scene Hank gets his ass whooped would have been a better it would have been a more enticing episode title I, yeah. been like, I gotta see that because then the whole episode you'd be like oh, I can't wait to see when he gets his ass kicked <laughs> and then when it happened you're like yeah <laughs> thank god so, uh, and that's it so so really, like, the you know, it's funny. He's watching it, it. I was like, this is a quick little episode. Like, it seems like it went by really fast when I was watching it. Um, some of the episodes tend to drag a little. Yeah, I think some are a little longer yeah. than the like, like you know, forty minute like TV time or whatever. I felt the same way. I think what worked about this episode that doesn't always work about it is a lot of the characters who didn't have something important to do with these particular plot lines, they just didn't fucking bother in this episode. Yeah, no Bobby. Yeah, we didn't see any Bobby. We didn't see any like Leo hooked up to machines. We didn't have to get a, hey, remember that Nadine, even though she's unconscious, has super strength. Like we didn't have to see any of that. Like it was just straight up like, here's the plots that have something happening in them right now and here's what's happening with them and i think they all tied together pretty thematically well there's this very clear like i mean manipulation is always going on in twin peaks that's kind of the deal but there's this very clear theme of it in this episode with the way like you know hank is playing nadine um you know the uh uh what do i want to say like we've got Harold playing Donna in a low-key kind of way. We've got Josie playing basically everybody around her. We've got like um you know Jean in a way playing everyone like Jean playing Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've got ben Harry playing Coop. <laughs> we've got Harry playing Coop, like by being like, Oh yeah, I'm sending the best book out. Jovially, but jovially, yeah. but yeah. yeah. Most um, important, there is no no James. They mentioned him, but we <laughs> no don't James. see him, and that is always a blessing. Yeah. So, but yeah, there is a lot of manipulation happening in this episode, and I do appreciate that they didn't try to shorn in people that like necessarily didn't. You can mention them, but they don't have to be on the screen. Right. Yeah. We don't need a scene where Norma I, calls Ed as much as I would like one. Like, yeah, yeah. I think this show, even when it's good, often indulges that instinct of like, let's try to cram every character in here because you like the characters. And it's like, I do like the characters, but I don't need like five minutes of screen time for like, you know, Nadine to be crunching a new thing. You know? yeah, like, I've seen that several times. I don't need it. <laughs> exactly. So. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's a nice, neat little episode. Like it's it's not as as frustrating as others have been and it's you know like it's not as heavy as others have been either it just kind of gets to the point which i think is good 
uh, interested to see this secret diary stuff. <laughs> like, I'd like to have an episode that's actually about that. <laughs> well, you will. I have good news for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, always nice to see Hank get his ass kicked. Yeah, that, that's uh, good stuff. So I, I like that, like, it's particularly good with Hank because we've seen him do shit like shoot people through windows and stuff like that on multiple occasions. But the second he's in a fair fight, he just gets beat on. <laughs> like, like it says everything about his character that like all of his strength comes from having the upper hand on people. And the second he's in a fair fight, he just gets his shit kicked in. Yeah, like Leo, if he had been just fighting Leo, Leo would have Leo would have kicked his ass. Like, like and I he hate was Leo, too busy but Leo's a tough swinging kid. an axe at, at Bobby, yeah. and he was like, "This is my time to shine." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm excited. Um, next, and we're getting ever closer to the reveal of Laura's killer, uh, which we are told is Jacques. But yeah. I don't think it's a spoiler to say it's definitely. There's more yeah. shit going on than that at this point. Um, uh, we're, getting, we're inching closer. It's only a couple episodes. We're away, inching closer to what kind of feels like an Olympic <laughs> ski jump in this show where like the quality <laughs> peaks and then it falls very rapidly to earth. It's slightly upticks towards the end. So yeah, what we're going to yeah. try to do with the show is, is get to that before the end of the year, at least recording wise. And we're going to figure out if we're going to lump together some of the season two episodes that kind of serve just as filler uh, because they're they're bizarre and not really like worth dedicating a lot of it. You, you cannot wait to see the feud between the elderly mayor and his elderly sibling. <laughs> you are going to be at the edge of your sleep seat. Do you like one. civil war? Well, I have a treat. <laughs> so... Uh, hopefully we'll get to that in the way that we've been kind of discussing behind the scenes. But otherwise, uh, Matt, do you have any producer corner information? Yeah, just a few little uh, tidbits nice. about a couple of the actors in the show. Uh, so the, the very enthusiastic uh, clerk, uh, as we said, uh, I guess her character name was... Uh, well, I lost that. But anyway, Something bird uh, song, songbird. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, she, uh, she, uh, Belina Logan was on ER for a very long time. Oh, really? Uh, ER for oh. uh, playing Nurse Kit. I okay. Know, I, I, ER. that, I did. Um, but yeah, so that was her. She was on there from 1996 to 2008. Oh, okay. Uh, so great well, big I, if I saw her, I probably remember it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, she was also, oh, also what I wanted to say here, uh, something caught my eye in the writing credits that Jerry Stahl got a writing credit on this. Now, do you know who he is? He wrote the book Permanent Midnight. Yeah, he's the Permanent Midnight guy, right? He yes. Alf, didn't he? Yes, he wrote for Alf for a very long time. Yeah, he created Alf. he was also Alf, a heroin addict who had these harrowing experiences. And uh, Ben Stiller made a movie in, in 1998. Permanent Midnight, yeah. Yeah, which is, uh, uh, I highly recommend that movie. That's very yeah, funny. I liked that movie. I'm not a Ben Stiller fan for the most part, but I, I remember liking that movie a lot. Yeah, it's the movie where, where Ben Stiller shoots heroin into his neck. Yeah. <laughs> well, Always enjoyable to watch. <laughs> exactly. You maybe you got to get him on for all the heroin scenes, maybe. Right. Hey, we need an expert. Maybe. He was a consultant. Yeah. But I, I, I didn't it, notice honestly. that. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah that is Yeah, and he, he doesn't write for the show again. He did appear in a small acting role in Inland Empire. So I guess oh, he's kind okay. of in the Lynch so or Frost universe. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah, that's hey, it. that's interesting. That is I had interesting. no idea. I didn't notice that at all. 
Yeah, I always liked the fake elf they had in that movie because obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like some yeah. weird like like knockoff. I'm, I'm also hilariously seeing that he was involved in the screenplay for Bad Boys 2, which Excellent. is just, that's incredible. <laughs> what yeah. range, man? I know, really, that's a lot of range. Good for him. Uh, wow, okay, yeah, so besides that, though, really nothing interesting. Uh, if you like Westerns, Roy Dance is somebody to check out. So My dad's a big Western person, so. Nice. Oh, I can confirm that uh, Royal Dano, uh, this was among his very, very last roles. That makes sense. Uh, his last roles are this and Spaced Invaders. So Nice. He which was is what, some sort in... of National Lampoon's movie or something? Like... No, I think it's just one of those like kids like kids saving the oh, universe okay. from yeah. alien attack he sort was of thing that came out in the early 90s. in one of the Critters movies, I think. Nice. Yes. Like Critters 2 or 3 or 5. Uh, or... Ghoulies. Oh, Ghoulies. He was in Ghoulies yes. 2. Ghoulies 2. <laughs> right. That's who. Yes, that's, that's right. <laughs> Actually, you know what it was? The guy who wrote Things Killing that we were talking about before we started recording one of the newer critter movies that's that's why i mixed those two up but yes ghoulies 2 royal dano is in oh wait a there's still critter movies happening out there yeah yeah wow critters 2 is Respect. the only one to watch. that's the best one yeah. so. uh but a, a way to end a, a riveting career with a ghoulies <laughs> truly and, and spaced right. invaders <laughs> whatever and then this beautiful then this, role yeah. yeah so yeah. anyway so i guess we'll log off for now um, I don't know. This probably won't go up beforehand, but happy Thanksgiving to those who celebrate. Hopefully, you'll be celebrating yeah. at home with yes. your own selves. <laughs> don't Stay <care>. safe. <laughs> we are thankful for you. We're thankful for the Drunk Monkeys readers. We're thankful yeah. for the podcast listeners. We're thankful. I'm thankful for you guys. Yeah, thankful for each other. It's my family. Very much. Um, and so, yeah. So, hopefully, people will you know, have a good holiday weekend before the actual, like, craziness of the actual holidays show up. Because I don't like Thanksgiving, so I don't count it as a holiday in my head. So, but Thanksgiving is already passed, well, house is already... so the important celebration. Yeah, Wingsgiving is, is gone. Wingsgiving right. is the Saturday us. before Thanksgiving where I buy wings and I watch Just Friends, the movie with my Yes. So... <laughs> um, and your house is already decked out for Christmas it, anyway. It is. It's getting there anyway. Yeah. Kevin. Kevin. Oh, he's we like oh, Kevin. God. He's yeah. I have Kevin. You know what? I'm gonna post a picture on. On he's post Kevin. Post yeah, lots of Kevin. Be, I'm gonna put Kevin. Especially one of those it. ones where he's ominously looking out the window at you. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna post. I'm gonna put him. You know, I do those terrible Photoshop's. I'm gonna put him in a scene of Twin Peaks and post good. that. Yes. <laughs> so I'll figure out. Put him next to that. the Santa cup. On the Santa mug. Yeah. <laughs> a picture of the Santa I mug. I will. Is <laughs> but I'll also put him like as like Hank getting his ass kicked or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or him kicking Hank's ass. Oh, looking through the window at jo- Josie. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Oh, that was that was too funny. You, it's good. Okay, we need to make the Photoshop before the episode comes out. But anyway, um, gonna sign off for now. I'm Colleen Carney Hefner. I am Chris Pruitt. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye. Bye. Bye.